What's up, everybody? This is the Canes Insight Podcast brought to you by Caneswear. I am your host, D Money. As you can see, I'm up in Tampa at a work conference. I snuck out during a break, give you the latest, got a fresh edition of the bank. Didn't want to hold off and get you the information as fresh as I get it. Uh, on a load of topics, we're talking about the team, the incoming freshmen, fruiting. Um, obviously, OC is going to be the hot topic. A lot going on. This is Friday afternoon. Um, so give it to you just like I got it, man. The freshest news, the most uh, on point. And there's not speculation here, rumors. This is the real deal uh, as the listeners to this podcast know. First, want to tell you about our friends at Caneswear. They got, to me, my favorite product they put out in years, which is the Canes female starter jacket. Put some pictures up on, on the video. If not, check it out on the website. I'm buying one for my wife for Valentine's Day. You know, she might want something a little more romantic, but that's what she's getting. 130 bucks. They got it in white. They got it in black. I mean, really cool design. Fits really well. You can see it. It's it's unbelievable product. Uh, the best I've seen in a long time. Get at Canesware.com or in Davie in the brick and mortar store. Uh, also, Canesware Cares uh, doing a uh, squares contest for the Super Bowl. Pick the score, buy a square, $10. All the money goes to the Dolphins Cancer Challenge. Uh, so help a great cause. Uh, help raise some money and uh, show your love for the Canes and potentially win a $50 Caneswear gift certificate if you hit the right score on the square. Again, you can go to caneswear.com for that information or follow the information here on the video in front of you uh, to sign up. The bank. Uh, a lot of ways to go here. Try to organize it the best I can, give you all the goods. Um, Everybody wants to know about the OC. I've gotten a million texts about the OC. Again, Friday afternoon, I'll tell you what I know, which is I know what I don't know. And let me explain. I got a million texts last OC search from people that I know are directly plugged in, people that are you know trusted sources, and I know exactly their role in this whole operation. And what I learned when Josh Gaddis got hired is that no one knew anything because nobody knew when Gaddis got hired. And nobody knew when Candle uh, from Toledo was a candidate until his name leaked. So that tells me that a lot of the smoke that comes out is just that. And there's going to be a lot of fake news, uh, a lot of misinformation coming about about this OC search from people that are otherwise credible, because that's just the nature of the beast. Spoke to somebody, the best, absolute best source I have, among others. And the word I got was, I guarantee you, these folks don't know because we don't know. Uh, Morrow's keeping this real close and is really um, making sure that there are no leaks and this process is as thorough as possible. Uh, what he's going to where he's going to go, I don't know. What I can tell you is he is not locked into a particular philosophy. You know, only pro style. I saw Doug Newsmeyer's name leaked, who's an NFL guy. I think he's open to spread, very college type spread. I think he's open to a pro style system and I won't I can't say the details, but I had a very candid conversation about last year's search. And I can tell you Mario will consider strongly very much college style spreads. If that's what he feels is best for the Miami hurricanes. Um, so I don't know where it's going to go. The OC search, I think a very good chance. It could be a surprise. I, maybe it's a name that people have been speculating on and they guess right, but this is a very tight search. So be careful what you hear. And I do not believe, just because the Newsmeyer news leaked and we had Gaddis, that Morrow's locked into a pro-style attack. I think you could see a lot of different uh, approaches 
to this offense, including some more college style attacks. Very general, very vague, but I'm giving you the real deal. And I'm telling you, I'm talking to everybody, everybody that you're seeing, um, you know, we're talking to the same folks and I, this is a lockdown operation is the best I could say. So with the, you know, that's the OC. That's a lot of, I don't know. Let's talk about some stuff that we do know and some stuff I'm hearing about the team itself. Obviously you got a lot of the class on campus. Now you have the whole freshman class, as far as the early enrollees, uh, which there's a significant amount as well as the transfers. So first impressions are something I always look for. You don't know how they're going to play football until they put on pads and start hitting. You don't know how they'll be in a game until you put them in a game, but Early workouts, you can see their body type, you can see how they move, you can see how they respond to coaching, how they respond to strength and conditioning, all these sort of things, which are very uh, telling in a lot of respects. So I always listen to the initial words, not gospel, but it's the first impression. Now we got these guys. They're not just highlights. They're not just shaking hands on a visit. These are football players doing football movements in a controlled environment among your team. You can size them up against guys you already have. So it's a very good uh, initial look. And the word I got was number one, very happy. No lemons in the bunch so far. You know, sometimes, and coach will tell me candidly you know, when this is the case. I go, you know, I'm not sure about this guy. We might have missed on this one. He's smaller than we expected, or he's not moving the way we expected, or he's all beat up. I, I, I've heard that at this time. It's not all rosy at this time. But I can tell you now, what I've been hearing is not a lemon in the bunch so far, Not no buyer's remorse on any of these guys. And, you know, the size and the character so far – have been very impressive and some specifics uh, on these guys. The name that really jumps out from the workouts, the movement, the the size, uh, Samson Okunlola, uh, the offensive tackle, five-star out of Brockton, Massachusetts. The word I heard on him was number one overall pick type talent, just different. You know, and these are, again, this is based on movement, based on weight room, based on size, not football yet. I understand, but when you talk about a number one overall tight talent, and remember, these guys have been around the Penne Sewells of the world, you know, all those studs at Alabama. These are not folks that are, you know, coming from Temple or or uh, or somewhere else where they haven't seen the goods. These guys have seen the goods in many respects. And the word on Samson is special as can be, uh, stands out. Francis also looks very good. Francis Malagoa also looks like a guy with a, uh, NFL, you know, first round ability. Now, does that mean these guys are going to be all first rounders? That's not how it works. There's a lot of football to be played, a lot of development, a lot of choices to be made every single day. But from a physical standpoint, body type, athleticism, power, you like what you see with those guys in a workout setting. Uh, in general, the offensive line group looking very, very strong. It could be the strength of the team, even though it was such a weakness last year, the infusion of these two five-star tackles. And the, the folks from the transfer portal and then what you bring back, it is looking like a high-level offensive line physically. Again, they got to play. But looking at them on the practice field, the word I got was they look like what you saw at Oregon at the highest level and Alabama at the highest level physically. These guys know what they're talking about as far as comparing apples to apples. They're not just comparing off a TV screen. They're around these great offensive lines, and they're saying body type-wise, athleticism-wise, this offensive line has come so far that you could actually see some of that. Uh, I mentioned Francis and Sampson. Um, Matt Lee, the center from UCF, uh, giving more size than we've had at the center position. 6'4", legit, 
broad chest, looks the part physically. He's a guy that's been getting people, you know, getting on people for not working hard. He's bringing that veteran presence and he's already carrying himself like a veteran. JV on Cohen, another one from Alabama. Word I got on these two, veterans know how to work, are already taking leadership roles, which is what you want from guys that you bring in from the portal, expecting to be high-level players, all-conference type players right away. Um, two guys that I, I really wanted to highlight, Jalen Rivers, Inez Cooper. You saw those guys last year. I thought they were our two most impressive offensive linemen last year. Um, huge guys, just giant size without being overly fat and guys that can move. But the word on them, elite humans, just stud human beings. And, you know, that goes to how they respond to coaching, their general approach. And if you look at the all academic team, both of those guys were just named to the ACC academic team, the uh, Inez Cooper and Jalen Rivers. So when you talk about guys that are 6'5", 6'6", 330 plus can bend, can move, don't have excess weight, and then are also smart guys that take coaching. It's going to be hard to keep those guys off the field. And of course, you have Zion uh, Zion Nelson, who is an NFL prospect coming back. So add those guys together, you know, talking about really seven names. That's a heck of a room and just a total overhaul from last year. You got to put it together and see it in spring, but just from seeing those guys. It, you know, walking around, working out, doing change of direction drills, bending, exploding, working out, lifting, and 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 interacting. Could not be happier with the offensive line transformation and really the story of this team. If you talk about one year for the next, uh, is those guys. Uh, some other notes on the new new folks. I'll start with the transfers. Branson Dean. Word on him. Powerful. You know, he's not a guy that's big. He's under 300 pounds. Very productive. Very twitchy. One of the most productive interior pass rushers in the Big Ten, if not the nation. Um, so you like that aspect about him, but you worry about the size when you see him, but the word I'm getting powerful, um, just whether it's sleds, just the workouts he's doing, he has that explosive power to go along with the twitch, the change of direction, the athleticism. So that's something you like to see from him in a workout setting. You don't got to wonder kind of football player Branson Dean is put on the tape. You can see him against Iowa, against Michigan, against Penn state, big, big 10 offensive lines, way better than what he's going to see here in the ACC. Uh, and he's doing work. One name I, you know, I asked, you know, of all these portal guys, you know, who's impressing you guys? And the name I kept getting back, Terry Roberts, uh, the Iowa transfer at corner. Character off the charts, Iowa, you know, Dewey's a captain there or a leader on the leadership council there. But specifically on the physical side, I was told he was the fastest player in Iowa's program. One of the best special teams players in the Big Ten overall. And what he brings to this team is the ability to move around. You know, is he going to be a nickel? Kind of, he's 5'10". Is he going to be an outside guy? Is he going to potentially play some safety? I heard all of the above. He has a chance to play at all of those positions, the position versatility that he brings because he's tough, he can tackle, he's smart, he has the speed, and then he has the quickness to be that that interior nickel guy. So his versatility is going to be huge and just really bringing some good energy to the program. Um, some more guys as far as, First impressions, Riley Williams uh, looks every bit what you want him to look like as far as a big-time tight end with length, with movement, uh, doing well in the weight room. Uh, so he's he's a guy that is uh, that is impressing. Um, you know, Ray-Ray Joseph, somebody who 4.0 kid, character off the charts, on top of the, the dynamic ability. You know, sometimes those wide receivers that are dynamic, they come with that Antonio Brown aspect or some Tyreek Hill baggage. This is a guy who is everything you want. Character-wise, IQ-wise, and then he has the ability to be dynamic. So 
Uh, very excited by him. He's someone you could expect to see on the field right away. Quarterbacks, top two guys locked in. TBD, Jakari, doing the right things, carrying themselves like you want to see quarterbacks carry themselves in the offseason. Again, that's not a given. You know, in the past, I've gotten reports of some of these guys, and you could probably guess who they are given what happened to them from a character standpoint. Uh, you know, they needed to be pushed. They needed to work harder. Not getting any of that with TBD and Jakari. Uh, these guys are doing the right things, really pushing themselves and knowing that they have an opportunity to do some big things, both of them. Um, this year, obviously anxious to see who the OC is, but they're not letting that affect their work. They're doing it. Uh, Emery Williams asked about him. Word I got was size. Um, this is a guy who's legit, 6'4", 6'5", big legs, and the weight's already starting to come on quick as far as lifting, the upper body strength, um, which will help his arm strength. He's someone that that's filling out pretty quick, and given his, his height, his lower body, he's going to be a heavy quarterback, not fat or anything, but a big, powerful, strapping quarterback who can take some hits. And we saw last year, you know, uh, these guys are going to get hit. Um, not a guarantee that you're going to survive the hits just because you're big. DVD's big too. Uh, but you want to have some some durability and some size. Uh, that's why those guys go in the NFL, uh, with the big dudes. And, and, and Emory Williams will have that size uh, based on the early returns with him. Uh, spring practice still a little bit away. But there are certain guys who are more important, I think, to the success of the team in, that you want to see in spring just because of their physical ability and the need at their positions. And if I were to highlight guys that you want to really keep a close eye on spring, because if they break out and keep working and bust out, they're going to make a major impact on the team. Conversely, if they struggle, don't do the right things, there could be a gap there. Right off the top, Markeith Williams, Chris Graves, uh, the two defensive backs signed in last year's class. Markeith Williams, a safety out of the Orlando area. Uh, this is a dude with range. You saw him in games, a, a few games this year. Flash, you saw the suddenness. You saw the urgency he plays with. He's got length, a skinny guy, but has ball skills. I had a ton of interceptions in high school. He's someone that, you know, even at Cam Kitchens, you've heard him say, this guy's got next. He's got talent. Um, needed to mature a little bit. We're seeing very, very positive steps with him. And he had a huge, huge opportunity with a thin safety room. He's someone you want to see him pushing a James Williams. You know, James Williams is going to play, obviously. But you want more pressure there. You really had James Williams and Camp Kitchens and nobody else last year. Um, Marquise Williams has the talent to get in that mix and really elevate that room. He's one to watch. And Chris Graves, obviously a corner. I thought he was the most talented player in last year's class, personally. And you talk six, six one almost 6'2", strong frame, a wide receiver, somebody that can run, somebody that's physical, that can hit, he can strike you. Um, obviously has the ball skills from receiving, explosive, saw him catch screens and just dust everybody uh, as a receiver in the Fort Myers area. Um, really talented, but he was 16 when he signed. And he was a young kid, so he came in young. Um, again, some maturing, normal stuff. Um, expect him to hopefully take a huge leap He's developing well and has a huge opportunity in front of him. Ahmad Moten, uh, the defensive tackle from Cardinal Gibbons, signed last year. You saw him play late in the season against Pittsburgh, helped with that, that uh, goal line stand early in that game. He's that wide body, knows that Miami does not have on their roster. Um, they, they need to bring in a veteran. We'll talk about that shortly. But he's someone that Miami needs and has made a lot of progress from when he first got here to now, he keeps making that progress. He can really help us at a position where Miami needs a ton of help. And then Nigel Lee Kelly, uh, the, the defensive end from Dillard. You saw him flash last year, had, you know, had a, about four sacks, um, showed the bend, but he was still, still maturing, 
like Chris Graves, he came into college young. Um, so you hope to see a major leap from him year one to year two. He played more. He was on the field in the rotation, but still want to see more from him. He's a guy with a huge spotlight on him here in spring because if he can develop into that double-digit sack guy, that true force that you have to account for, uh, it do wonders for this program. Um, you know, some names on offense I should mention, really a receiver, three guys you want to see, which is Isaiah Horton, Jacoby George, Colby Young. Who's going to be the guy from that group to really seize that position? you got reinforcements coming in, which we'll talk about, um, but those are guys that have been here. The coaches are watching very closely to see who can emerge from that group. Kobe Young has been the best worker of that group. He's been the most productive of that group. Horton and George had the talent to be very, very good players. There's a lot of belief in their ability. Again, the maturing process. Everybody matures at different times. This is college. Um, if those guys can really lock in, lock into their bodies, lock into their work, they have the ability to be players that you can help this receiving core from the inside as opposed to bringing someone from the outside. Um, so keep an eye on those names at the receiver position as folks to watch out for. Now, this is not the roster you're going to see on opening game. There's still some transfer portal additions to be had. And the three positions, which I believe are non-negotiable based on folks I'm talking to, it shouldn't surprise anybody, wide receiver and defensive tackle. This team needs two impact wide receivers through the portal and a big 300-plus-pound defensive tackle through the portal. They got guys that can get to the passer from the inside. They need a big body there. You saw them make a run at Justin Rogers from Kentucky and a few others. They need a Daryl Jackson to come into the portal. In that position, there's a little luck required in the portal because you can't control who goes in. Defensive tackles are, are rare. That body type is rare, so and you need luck. You need the right guy to come in. You need to have grades and all these other things and, and you know uh, character and all those things. Uh, but if the right guy comes in, Miami will pursue extremely hard. That is a major, major priority. A Daryl Jackson type, whom Daryl Jackson signed after spring. A guy like that comes in the portal, expect Miami to be all over them. Um, that is a major, major priority. Even with a Branson Dean, that's not considered the job done. They want a guy like that. Uh, and then two receivers, uh, impact guys. Gary Bryant still firmly in the mix. Uh, Miami, Arizona, Texas A&M are the schools there. But Miami's going to have a shot there. But Miami is a, a very good shot with Gary Bryant, but they want to impact guys from the portal. One more transfer name I want to mention, uh, Cam McCormick, the the big tight end from Oregon that transferred over, the eighth-year senior, uh, Van Wilder. Um, you know, huge guy, 6'6", 260, but he's not just an inline guy. The word I got from him is that he has deceptive athleticism, and he can help us more than people think. You know, I thought just a role player, but he's showing some stuff as far as movement and catching the ball. Uh, he could be someone that really helps us at tight end while Elijah Arroyo recovers. Now, class of 2024, just finished 23, 24, keeps going. Recruiting does not stop. A um, couple things. Number one, don't expect Miami to get a flood of commitments in February or push for a ton of commitments in February. They're very deliberate with their timing, NIL, certain things that have to be in place. And they are really pushing for a strong close as opposed to necessarily just an early start. Could have closed better last year. The expectation is Miami is going to close a lot better in 2024. Certainly that's the plan. Um, You're going to see a lot of guys visit in March. You don't necessarily want to wait till April to get these guys on campus. You want to get them in March. You want to get them in one-on-one situations, not just these big events. So they're trying to focus on getting big time talent, 
here in March. Might get a few commitments, a couple commitments, but really the idea is getting them on campus in March. So then you visit again later and then get the commitment then. Visits are tight. You saw if not for the extra visits that the NCAA granted uh, last year, I think it was seven extra visits that they granted at the end. A lot of schools, my included, would not have had enough visits to finish their classes in the last class because they were so short on visits. So Miami's being very conscious about evaluating guys um, on, on, on unofficials. You don't want to bring in too many guys too early on officials and burn those on people that when you bring them down, you say, oh, we didn't want this guy anyways. He's short or his character's all messed up. So a lot of evaluating going on. Uh, some some names to watch. You know, I think one guy that got a lot of Miami interest and Miami has a lot of interest in him uh, is Daquan Patterson out of Chaminade. Uh, this is a safety He's listed as a linebacker on 247, but he is definitely a safety. Um, the evaluation Miami has on him is he can run. He's athletic. The idea that he's a box safety, he's a box safety at Chaminade because that's how he can help that team. But once you put him at, uh, at safety, he's certainly athletic enough to do that. And it's just a matter of his high school role. It's not a matter of how he's projected to the next level. This guy can run. This guy's an athlete. This guy's a big-time player with a lot of mutual interest with Miami Hurricanes. You know, I know there were questions about the relationship between Miami and Chaminade. Miami is not going to let that relationship go sour. Uh, they very much value that relationship with Chaminade, and the communication is certainly there. And, you know, Josiah Trader, Jeremiah Smith, two five-star receivers from that program. Miami is recruiting both. Relationships are strong there. Going to have to win. Going to have to score touchdowns. That's all it comes down to with those two guys. Miami obviously is planning on winning. They're planning on scoring touchdowns, but that's going to be what factors in to that recruitment. But Miami's in the game, certainly with both of those two. And Zaquan Patterson at safety, uh, very much mutual interest with him. All right, quarterbacks. Miami has five names in its sights. I want you to, to focus on those. Obviously, start with Julian Sain out of uh, Carlsbad, California. Five-star Alabama commit. He's already been on campus. He plays for the raw seven-on-seven team run by our friend Jose Duasso. So he's going to be around Miami kids. He's going to be around Miami guys. Uh, could potentially visit again. Miami's not giving up there. Uh, he's someone who, you know, he's an Alabama commit, but he's not the most solid commit uh, that we've seen from that school at the quarterback position. Um, my, that There's uncertainty with offensive coordinator at Alabama, just like there is at Miami. We'll see what Miami's hire looks like. We'll see what that pursuit looks like. But Julian Sain, not giving up on him whatsoever um you want to talk about a guy who is really not getting a ton of attention but is certainly on miami's radar maui smith out of junipero sarah in california same high school as somebody named tom brady um he's someone that miami likes a lot has offered a six four pocket pass where they can do a lot of things aaron nolan out of langston hughes atlanta georgia same school as joshua horton who signed with miami last year's defensive tackle this is a guy who put up cartoon numbers uh through the air a lefty um, just a very productive passer with a natural knack to his game and, and someone that Miami likes and has had on campus already. Uh, also someone who's Miami's had on campus, uh, Luke Moga out of Phoenix. He was on campus last week, dual threat quarterback, grew up playing soccer and other sports, didn't play football till he was in ninth grade. So a very unique background as a quarterback, but the multi-sport guys tend to outperform the more polished guys. We've talked about that on the board a ton. Joe Burrow, basketball player, Patrick Mahomes, played everything. Those are the guys you want, you know, and I think Luke Moga fits into that mold. His dad played cornerback for Kentucky and you see that speed is a 10, nine verified hundred meter quarterback. Uh, someone who really brings a dual threat ability that Miami likes a lot. And then Michael Van Buren out of Baltimore, uh, someone who's down here for the, the Miami raw tryouts, 
a shorter quarterback out of St. Francis, powerhouse team, uh, but somebody who you know really can direct traffic and do a lot of things. So I'd say those five names are the names to keep your eye on for the Miami Hurricanes at the quarterback position class of 2024. And obviously the offensive coordinator is going to make a big impact, but ultimately – you know, Morrow's the one that's going to be here for the long haul with this quarterback, and, and those are guys that Miami loves at that position. All right, last thing, defensive tackle. There's a lot of talk about that position. Obviously, Miami's going to get a short-term defensive tackle for the portal we already talked about. Josh Horton uh, from, from Georgia, they love what he can do. But you don't want to just sign two guys in two years. That's not what Miami's trying to do. You look at the Super Bowl, Chris Jones, five-star. Jeffrey Simmons from the Titans, another five-star all-pro type talent. Um, really all these teams, Dexter Lawrence and the Giants, they're five-star players that end up being the studs of studs. Miami needs to get those kind of guys, and they know it. And I was told Mario Cristobal personally is making his mission to sign big-time elite defensive tackles in this 2024 class. And you know, usually when he sets his sights on something with that kind of focus, uh, it happens because he's such a special recruiter and so dogged. So expect to see that position be an incredible focus of the 2024 class. Miami knows they need those war daddies in the middle on top of some of the other guys they brought into the portal. Some of the guys that they developed like a Moten or a Horton that they think have upside. They know they need those five-star war daddies. And that's going to be the focus of the 2024 class. So that's the bank uh, loaded it up. Cause we've been gone for a while. Hope you enjoyed it again. www.canesinsight.com blowing up like, and subscribe on YouTube. We got the Instagram, Canes.insight, uh, Facebook, sign up there, TikTok. We're all over the place. Twitter, you know where to find us at Canes Insight. Uh, Going to keep on rolling. Going to be a busy, uh, it's always a busy time, whether it's the portal, whether it's spring, whether it's recruiting. We don't stop. And, uh, you know, Mario Cristobal doesn't stop to improve this roster. And the offensive coordinator could drop any second. Canes Insight, go straight to the boards, argue about whether it's a good hire or bad hire. Either way, we're going to have some fun. So thank you for checking us out. See you next time.